God is greater than death. That's just, think about that for a moment. My friend said it best, I think, and I had this in the quote for this week at Renaissance, the email we send out every week. Um, Without Easter, everything else is irrelevant. And when you think about that, it's so true. Without Easter, everything else is irrelevant. Um, We're going to pick up the reading of Mark, Gospel of Mark, if you were here Friday night uh, for Good Friday service, we, uh, I just went through Mark chapter 15, the whole chapter, it's about 42, 43 verses, and just uh, with a little bit of commentary explaining what happened on that, that night that Jesus was, that day, actually the morning, that Jesus was uh, on trial, uh, and then later um, um, his fate was determined by the crowd to crucify him, and uh, then of course was beaten and scourged, and, and, and then went to the, to the cross, and um, the road, you know, the road to Calvary that he took, and Simon, uh, the guy that the soldiers got to help him, and uh, went through the whole thing and to the point where we left. We ended the chapter, ended the evening uh, after communion with um, just talking about Jesus was dead and and in, and, and in the grave. And you know, Good Friday services are always a little more um, dark, I guess you might say. The lights are a little lower because it's it's kind of you're grieving, but I never can let it go with that because I always kind of you know. It's, I got to give the. I got to. I got to tell you. Hey, I, I know the end of the story, folks, and it gets better. Come back Sunday morning. Um, and so, if you were here, you heard me. You talk about that. And it was just a, just a really really neat time. We're going to pick up the next chapter of that same gospel, next verse. So, if you weren't here, we kind of gave you just a, a, a quick synopsis there. And uh, Mark chapter sixteen is where we're going to pick it up. So, Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome or Salome. Oh, you weren't here. Those people who were laughing were here. You know, you have these, these, these verbal things every now and then when you do what I do in public enough. And, and what I did the other night was I, was, I was into the passage, and I just, without even thinking, I, just, I got to this part, and, and a salami went out and purchased, you know, and called her salami. And um, just a real nice moment. I kind of, kind of, you know, had a, and then, of course, one of our smart alecks, and we have many here in the church, one of our, one of our smart alecks, He's right over here, actually. I don't want to say who he is, but uh, his initials are uh, Norbert Butts, and he's right there. Um, he says to me after the service, he said, you know, you know, um, Rich, that was a great message. That was a great service, but I, I just got this strange desire for some salami. Do you know where I can get in it? And then after the first service, somebody else said the same thing, and so now we have some salami back there, okay? Just to commemorate Rich's faux pas, all right? So there you go. It's, uh, anyway, it's uh, pronounced different ways, uh, Salome or Salome, and it's just not pronounced salami, so whatever you deal with that. Uh, Salome, they went out, let's get back to the story here, and they purchased uh, burial spices, so they, this is, you know, their version of embalming, you know, they didn't do that then, but sort of, kind of, if you want to say that. They could, so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just a sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, and this is, this is, I find humor in this, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? They've seen the stone. They know it's huge. And they're thinking, oh, who's going to roll away the stone? You know, are they expecting to happen what happens? I don't think so, because look what happens. But as they arrived, they looked up and saw the stone which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the, on the right side. The, woman were, the women were shocked, but the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, 
Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. And, he, and they would. And of course, in, gospels, excuse me, in, in John's gospel account of this, of course, he even goes into detail to explain the one disciple there who didn't really believe it, even when he saw Jesus. And that was Thomas. Call him Doubting Thomas. And, uh, and what Jesus went through to finally convince him, letting him heal, feel the nail prints in his hand and the hole in his side. Greater than death. Now, I, I, God is greater than death. And I want to show you, I've got to take you to another passage now. It's, it won't take long, but it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here the Apostle Paul is writing about how God is greater than death. And he's referring back to this, this, this thing. Now watch what happens. Chapter 15, 1 Corinthians Verse 3, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Just as the Scripture said, He was buried and He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, He was seen by more than 500 of His followers at one time, most of whom are still alive at that writing, though some have died. Right there, go back. Just go back to verse... um, um, Verse 3, Christ died for our sins. This is the gospel, folks. The gospel, that means the good news. Okay? This is the whole gospel. This is the full gospel. This is the, to- this is the good news from God. Here it is. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. That's the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. And you know what? You... What it means to be a follower of Christ is you trust, you trust Christ. And right now, you could do that. You could just say, you know, I don't know where I am in this whole thing, but Lord, I want to trust you. I want to, I want to give my life to you. You could do that right, you know. Don't even have to wait till the end of the service. You could do it right now. And, just say, I want, and, and, and maybe you're still trying to figure some of that out. Um, ask God to help you understand that better. Ask God to give you the faith possibly even, to, 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 that, that you might need in that particular case. But that's, that's what it means to believe. In the, in the gospel of Christ, that he died for our sins, he was buried, and he was raised from the dead. Very simple, really. Keep reading it. We're going to skip down a few verses. Verse 21. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Now, what he's saying here, whatever your views of, of Adam, whether you believe he's to be literal or whether you believe he to be, him to be figurative, um, the, the important part about that is that you believe that sin came into the world through Adam and therefore through us. We were there in, in a sense. So death, we didn't have a choice on that. I mean, we, we did, but, but we didn't. You know, we're all, when we're born, we're born sinners, basically, okay? Ever since Adam fell, ever since the world was, has fallen. But we do have a choice on the other when he says, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. We have that choice. And, um, and of course, we have the choice not to choose, which is also a choice when you stop and think about that. So Christ came to give us that, that new life, that, that, that eternal life, really. Skip down to verse 54. Then when dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? 
For the sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. There you go. Um, God is greater than death. Let me show you something very quickly, and it, it this always be those, especially at Easter time, it seems, but, but other times as well. Um, and, and there are, I have friends who are still in this particular situation, still kind of have some questions about Jesus and whether he you know, really did, you know, it's hard, it's hard to deny the, the historicity of, of who of, that Jesus lived, that's real hard, uh, because there's just too much to prove that he did uh, from secular historians, not just the Bible. But, but some people would still have a hard time believing that he rose from the dead. And, um, and I want to just address that just for a moment, okay? And this is a great quote. By the way, this quote, if you want it, I'm going to show it to you in a second. It's on my Facebook. You've got to go to my Facebook thing, and you can get this. All right? Now, that's really significant because I have a secret motivation for getting you to do that, and that is this. We have this little thing in our office about who has the most friends. And I'm not going to lie. I am not very, I'm very annoyed by the fact that I work with two other people well, we're a bunch of other people, but two of them are ahead of me. And they let me know about it every week. How many friends do you got? I have this many friends. And uh, Steve, I mean, Steve and Clay. I mean, how can these two dirt balls get, get, how can they get more friends than me? I mean, they're not even as nice as I am. Anyway, um, and, and, and maybe because a lot of my college friends, you know, still trying to figure out how to work a computer. But anyway, so friend me. My point is friend me, okay? I need to be my friend, Okay. And, 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 and you can look at my, my quotes and stuff. Anyway, I have this quote there in Facebook. And uh, seriously, this is a great quote. And I like to use this quote a lot, um, at around, particularly around this time of year, because I think it just gives us some focus. And, and, and even those of us who believe in the resurrection, uh, it's just a great quote to see. So C.S. Lewis, from Mere Christianity, he says this, I'm trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, about Jesus, that I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claims to be God. That, w- that is the one thing, that's the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something else. I mean, just think about that for a moment. That's just a great quote, because it's true. It, it's so easy and it's so comfort for many people to say, well, I think he was a great man. I think he had great teachings, but I don't think he was a son of God. Well, then he wasn't a great man. He was nutcase. Because he said he was going to be raised from the dead. And, he, and the things that he said, many things that he said, um, I mean, it would just ruin all of his credibility. Just a thought, just a thought, just a good quote to, to dwell on there on, on who Jesus is. And it still takes faith. I understand that. And I'm not um, implying anything else. But I just love that quote. And I want you to think about it because it really, it really does have some worthiness to, to just ponder um, for a while. All right, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible makes it very clear. And because Jesus rose from the dead, I'm going to show you four very simple things. Five, I'm sorry, five very simple things. Real simple, real quick. won't take long at all. But um, it's just great. Because Jesus rose from the dead, five real simple things. Number one, we have no fear of death. 
This is an important one. It should be number one. We have no fear of death. Um, I don't know about you, but I got to, you know, death as you grow a little older and you see friends die and people your age die, uh, it gets your attention a little more. I'll I'll be honest, it, it wasn't, I think I was probably 35 the first time I ever really thought about death. Uh, what long story, and I'll make it a real quick story. What happened then was uh, we were uh, our second year in Colorado where I was helping start a church. And we were at the uh, county rodeo, and I always wanted to ride a bareback bronc. And um, so through some people that we knew and so forth, they arranged for me at the county fair to ride a bareback bronc. And, um, and they're not really bareback. There's a little harness there you hold on to and stuff. And I'd had horses when I was a kid, so I knew a little bit about horses. I didn't have the riding lessons that many of you have. My riding, lessons was, my riding lesson was you jump on the horse and you go, okay? Um, I'm not making fun. I know it's, it's not. Anyway, um, anyway, I got on that horse, and I knew that this horse was trembling, just shaking in the chute. And I'm like, this is not a good thing. And then I saw somebody with a big old electric cattle prod. And I thought, oh, this is really not a good thing. And they came down on the back end of that horse, and that horse comes out of the chute. And I'm, I'm honestly thinking, for the first time in my life, I could die. This is a huge animal. So I just dove off. Um, <laughs> Charlene said, I never, I never saw you ride, honey. And I said, I, I didn't. I, you know, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to last eight seconds. 1.1, I think, was mine. All right? Whether you've ever really stared faith, uh, uh, death down the face or not, I don't know. Some of you are dealing with some issues where it's not, it's not funny for you. And you're dealing with some stuff that, that, that you realize could be some serious stuff. And some of you have friends and relatives who are. But I'm telling you, this is what's so great about what Jesus is telling us here. Easter is showing us we have no fear of death. Let me show you something. Let me show you what... Well, I'm just, I just want to go to Tolstoy and, uh, and just show you what, the, what Tolstoy said about this because he was... I, I thought this was really good. So it goes like this. He who has a mistaken idea of life will always have a mistaken idea of death. You know, that's just, that's just an important thing to stop and think about. Some people don't even have right, the right view of life. So how are they going to have the right view of death? Now listen... I'm not implying to you that, that you're looking down the barrel of death and, and you're like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I'm not implying that, okay? Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I have no fear of dying. I have no fear of death now. I, I, I really believe that I know where I will go. I, I, I believe that based on what the Bible teaches and, and my faith in, in, in God. But that doesn't mean that I want to be on the next load up, okay? So... I mean, just stop and think about that for a moment because, I mean, people start thinking, well, I would, you know, and you hear this stuff and people talk, oh, I want to go to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven. Well, I'm very curious about it. As a kid, I used to think that it was just like some long church service and I thought, that doesn't sound very good to me. Um, but, and I, I'm very curious. I'm, I'm a curious guy anyway, but I'm very curious about it. And, 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 but I'm not, I'm not fearful and we don't have to be fearful because of Jesus and what he did. So, is it hard? Sure, it's hard. Do you grieve? And some grieving now because of recent deaths that we've had around here and with some of those families and so forth. Um, yeah, that's very difficult. And the part there is not so much, maybe, maybe it's not the fear. Maybe it's just you're going to miss somebody greatly. So that, that's still there. But there's no fear of dying because your, your, your destiny 
has been placed in the hand of God. And that's why God is greater than death. First thing, Jesus rose from the dead, so we have no fear of death. Second thing, we have something called civility. This is such a great point. Listen, if Jesus, I mean, look how many, how his teach, love your neighbor. You know, I, I, I mean, you know, all the, you know, all the things that Jesus taught would have no credibility. Had, you know, we talk about the good Samaritan. Some people know, maybe know the story, maybe they're not helping somebody, helping the poor. All these kinds of things that Jesus taught, uh, which was revolutionary at the time, I might add. They would have no credibility whatsoever had Jesus not risen from the dead. They would just say, well, he's another nutcase who may have said some, some decent things, but, but, but nothing like it is now. Let me show you something. Um, this is uh, from a book by Alvin J. Schmidt called How Christianity Changed the World. There's a website, and when you get home, if you go to our, you go to our I got a blog on our um, renaissancechurch.org website, and I've got, there's a whole bunch here. I'm just going to give you two quick quotes. But I'll, just go read, you may not agree with everything there, and that's fine, but it's very thought-provoking, uh, this, this whole thing. It's a website on how Christianity changed the world, and if you go to renaissancechurch.org blog, you'll see it there, and, and it'll just click on it, and you can go to it. And it's, it's got some very interesting stuff. Let me give you two, just two very simple uh, quotes from that. Liberty and justice that are employed by humans in Western societies are in some non-Western countries, excuse me, and in some non-Western countries are increasingly seen as the products of a benevolent, secular government that is the provider of all things. There seems to be no awareness that the liberties and the rights that are currently operative in free societies of the West are to a great degree the result of Christianity's influence. One more thing, a little further down, he says this. No other religion, philosophy, teaching, nation, movement, whatever, has so changed the world for the better as Christianity has done. Its shortcomings, clearly conceded by this author, are nevertheless heavily outweighed by its benefits to all mankind. I mean, you know, Christianity doesn't get that rap very often. You bring up Christianity and, and, and people talk about the Crusades. Sure, there have been some bad things, but, but there have been an awful lot of good things too. And, I, and, you know, and the president's right when he says we're not a Christian nation. I, we all know that that was a correct. And I think he caught some grief from some people for saying something like that. We know that's true. We, we are, are, it, 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 we're not a Christian nation. We're a nation founded on, on religious freedom. But, you know, if he'd been going to my church for 20 years, he might have thrown one of these quotes in there or something like that. You know, it had been nice. No, I'm kidding. Um, um, it, 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 no, I'm, I'm agreeing. We're not, it's not a Christian nation, but we do have an awful lot of Christian principles that this nation was founded upon. And some would call it a Judeo-Christian ethic. I don't think that's fair too. So that's because of Jesus. Think about that. Some of you can go places where the Christianity has not been taught or has not been influenced in any way. Um, and and you'll, some people will say that, that, that you, know, you can just feel the difference in, 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 those, in those countries sometimes. Um, no, other, no other movement has had the kind of influence Christianity has. So... Jesus rose from the dead. We have no fear of death. We have civility. We have hope. Let's have hope. I mean, and the hope comes because of who Christ is and what he's done. Because we have, we have a, a God who cares about us. It's, it's, we have hope in, in life. You know, and in death. We have hope because of what Jesus did. It's an important issue. Fourth thing. We have power over destructive behavior. 
We read a verse a moment ago. Let me read that verse. We'll go back to that verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I read it a moment ago. Verse 57. Thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear friends and brothers and sisters, or my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. I like that part of verse 57. He gives us victory over sin. Okay. We have power over destructive behavior. Now, I'm defining destructive behavior certainly as sinful behavior. Let's, let's break it down a little more. Sinful behavior being, sin means missing the mark. What's the mark? The mark is set by God. And when we sin, we miss the mark. And, and what happens, and, 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 and I don't know whether it's the Puritan's fault or I don't know whose fault it is, but, but somewhere along the line, you know, churches and ministers have gotten this reputation that they're there to preach against sin and, oh, you people are going to go to hell if you don't change your way and you're going to do this. And all this stuff has gotten all blown out of proportion when the truth is, what God has done, He has said, look, here are some standards you need to live by. And, 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 and here's the mark. And if you miss that mark, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's wrong and it's destructive, but more important than that, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you a lot. And, and I, what, what happens so many times, what, it, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's too bad. What happens so many times is people think, well, they're just preaching about a certain behavioral code or, or this or that or whatever. And the truth is, uh, certainly some people may be doing that, but what's important for us to understand is destructive behavior, sin, missing the mark, the mark that God set, hurts me. The person who is the alcoholic will tell you it hurt me, as well as some people around me. The person who is in the whatever the addiction is or the, the, the behavior is that's so, so damaging, it's, they're the ones that get hurt the most. That's why God said, I love you so much. I want to give you some principles. And I want you to follow them, not so I can drop bombs on you, but so you can live a good life. And, and you know, it's interesting to me, the people who really enjoy life so many times are the people who follow the principles of Christ. Sometimes, sometimes those people may not even believe in Jesus, but they, they adopt the moral code of Jesus. And they still benefit from that. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? We have power over our destructive behavior. Listen, not every time. Doesn't mean we don't sin. Doesn't mean we don't struggle with certain things. Doesn't mean we don't have some of those things. But we have the ability to live above it by God's power because Jesus was raised from the dead. Last thing, fifth thing. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we have no fear of death. We have civility. We have hope. We have power over destructive behavior. We have access to God. This is so good. We have access to God. This is huge, and this is very important. I want you to get this. Because it is, it is um, well, let me just read it, and you'll, you'll see. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he's faced all the same testings, uh, testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. I love these, these verses. Let me back up and, and, and talk about a couple things very quickly. We have a great high priest. Now, the writers here, if you were here Friday night, I talked about this. If you want, I'll just give you a quick, a quick uh, update. And that is one of the things that happened, and Mark records it after Jesus died, was they went into the temple, and, and you saw this if you saw the movie The Passion, and the curtain that separated, separated parts of the, of the temple was torn. And what that, what that represents, a whole lot of things we could go into, but the bottom line of that is what that represented was, was that 
No longer would sacrifices have to be made in the Old Testament way. There was one sacrifice made at one time for my sin, all my sins, all your sins. At one time, that was Jesus. Okay? He's the high priest. That's what the high priest did in the Old Testament. Jesus is our high priest. He takes our prayers to God Almighty. You say, well, isn't he God? Yes, he is. Because God is three, three parts. God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he takes our prayers before the Almighty God, triune God, and he, he, he's provided that access. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a wonderful thing. We have access to God because of what Jesus did. And when you look at this, and this is just an amazing thing, he understands our weaknesses. I love that. God, you know, here I want you, here's what I want you to grab on this point. Sometimes we do things and we're really ashamed of them. And sometimes we should be. But listen, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. When you come to God, you're not going to be rejected. And whether it's big, whether it's small, you're not going to, he's 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 going to receive. He understands. He was 100% man, 100% God, yet he never sinned. And when you, and, and I tell you that last part of that verse, let me just, <laughs> let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we, will, there we will receive his mercy. We will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Just at the right time. And you go to God and, he, and, 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 and you can say, you know, Lord, never be ashamed to take anything to God. I mean, first of all, he knows anyway. Okay? He knows anyway. But secondly, and sometimes verbalizing it, you know, even mentally to God, you, you kind of go, oh, God, I did. You're not going to be rejected. You never will be because he loves us that much. There you go. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. I'm going to pray and just ask God to take this and, 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 and build it into our lives. We'll get the, the guys to come up and Julie. They're going to put a huge exclamation point at the end of this message. Not so much in style, but in substance of what this song is all about. And you're going to hear that in just a moment. But right now, let's just pray while they're getting ready and just uh, thank God. Lord God, we do thank you for the grace, for the forgiveness, for the mercy and love that we receive every time we come to you. And that you never reject us and you never condemn us. You never... You never can't understand where we've been, but you'll always take us in. And, and you always give us that invitation. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, you give us forgiveness, you give us new life, eternal life. Because, because of Easter, because of what Jesus did, because you raised Jesus from the dead so many years ago. We thank you for that. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.